And welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. This is going to be a solo episode tonight. It is just going to be me. And every now and then what I like to do is to try to get myself back into the gear of doing episodes. Um, I, I take two seconds to be able to sit down and turn on the recorder, microphones on, test everything out, and then just kind of get into a topic and get it out there just so I can kind of work it out a little bit. And one of the topics that I've been receiving many, many questions about uh, with regards to the podcast and first responder work is getting into your particular organization, whether that uh, be in Canada, that would be, you know, if you're going to law enforcement, you can get into policing agencies if you are getting into uh, also, let's say, for example, the Canadian Border Services Agency, any number of different provincial forces. We have our obviously our two main provincial forces in Ontario and Quebec, whatever it might be, if it was municipal, provincial or federal. And it really comes down to lots of questions about how do you do it? What are the best ways to get into it? And what can they do, which these would be the applicants, or the future applicants, what can they do to try and prepare themselves for getting into uh, first responder work? More specifically, I can speak to law enforcement work. So getting into it, there's no simple way. Or, I, you know, what? I take that back. Today, this generation and this particular uh, time that we are in, so 2023, this is most likely the greatest time to get into law enforcement work it just is the need is so high every agency is looking for people Um, i'll look back to my experience in going through uh, i graduated high school in 2003 and when i was coming out of high school and i was looking into what i could do for post-secondary and and whatever I needed to do to get the work experience and volunteer experience to be able to get into policing is what I wanted to do, no matter what, it's what was going to happen. That time, no one was hiring. Like the RCMP, for example, the agency obviously that I work for, um, is always looking. They're always looking for new recruits, new people. But it was not what it is today. And it definitely was not what it was when I was putting through my applications in 2005 through 2007, the first time I went through depot. It just, it wasn't there. Like all the agencies, especially me growing up in Southern Ontario, you know, I was surrounded by municipal agencies, so many different agencies. It's totally different than growing up in some place like Saskatchewan or Alberta, or even BC for that example, especially if you're living outside of the lower mainland. And in Ontario at that time, you were like, I, like I said, I was surrounded by all these forces. I mean, geez, there was, you know, my my family's organization with an ag regional police that I grew up with. There was the OPP, there was Hamilton. At that time, I think it was Hamilton Wentworth, but eventually became HPS. There were all the regional departments, um, obviously Peel Regional, we had uh, York Regional, there was Toronto Police Service, there was, oh geez, Brantford, there was London, there was uh, just Kitchener, like Waterloo. There was tons, tons and tons, tons of police agencies that were around, even the, even the small ones. And nobody was hiring. And so it was this this time where everybody was like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like everybody that wanted to get into policing. I mean, I was, was going to Niagara College at the time in a police foundations program um, while I was doing my 
time with Brock University as well too, and I flipped over to the Niagara College side. And when I was in the Police Foundations course, there was like, I don't know, probably, oh, if I had to guess conservatively, uh, 250 to 300 uh, applicants, well, would be students at that time in the uh, Police Foundations program in, in one enrollment year. So where were they all going to go? Where were they all going to apply? That's only just one college, one community college in Southern Ontario where there were so many other ones like Fanshawe had their own, uh, the ones out of Hamilton had their own, you know, just all the colleges, Toronto, geez, I was even, not even outside of Toronto. And there was lots of dedicated schools in Toronto that did police foundations programs. So you're thinking that there's going to be likely thousands of students going through for police foundations. Now, obviously, we know that not everybody is going to get into the into policing just because they go into the police foundations program. It's just not going to happen. But at that time, could you imagine all these people graduating out and then going like, ooh, I got to be really competitive to be able to get into these uh, policing positions. The very few that were, that were still open, I mean, Toronto Police, I think we're always taking, Windsor were taking, but they were very, very, very picky in who they were taking. Obviously, they had their pick of the litter. Now, compare that to the great wave of 2005, 2006 with the RCMP when we were bringing people in like crazy. And it was just the big uptick because, you know, I imagine everybody at Ottawa HQ kind of looked at it and was like, "Woo, we need to pick our numbers up because we have a lot of attrition going on right now uh, within the RCMP in the last time that we had this big boost. They're all coming to retirement. So we had this giant boost at depot that saw hundreds of recruits going through, especially in the time that I was there in 2007. And then obviously because of the injury going home, but when I came back in 2008, um, it was absolutely like even tenfold to that. It was, you know, what we had was four trailers in, in depot, which were the extra rooms. And then all of a sudden I come back and there's, oh man, I don't even know how many there were. There must've been another dozen, 15, maybe more trailers for recruits for living quarters. You know, the, the temporary trailers there. So the echo trailers. So that was a big, big swing. It's just something that we saw in that time. And then we had this giant dip again, maybe, I think everybody was kind of feeling it like 2013, 2014, people were seeing the slowdown again. And then, I mean, this is all just things that we're hearing. And I knew a couple of people that were at depot at the time and, and what have you, but you know, that's what we were feeling in the force and we were seeing, and we were hearing the rumors about a depot and at uh, T-Div there. So now is a totally different time. Now it is everybody's hiring. Uh, if you take a look at it, people are competing for applications and recruits. I mean, it's completely flipped on its head. So as I said earlier, the time is definitely now. If this is something that you wanted to do, you know, if all the agencies vying for, you know, really good competitive recruits, and that's what we still want to see. We still want to see the right people putting in for the job. And people are, are you know, going, looking left, right, and center in the the universities and looking at the colleges. I mean, if you take a look at the RCMP, the RCMP got rid of the RPAT for uh, university degree holders. So those that completed the program, they got rid of that. And they kind of brought down the standards on the fitness level right away. I mean, you know, say that for wherever that might be. Um, it's, it Still, they have to pass it when they go to Devo anyways. But you take a look at all the rest of the agencies and they're all kind of competing right now for this. And the police agencies are all vying for this pot, this this pool of applicants. And 
right now, for those that have always wanted to do this and just found that uh, just maybe life wasn't right at the time, um, their application wasn't, you know, stellar before, they just didn't have enough to go and boost them up and, and kind of, you know, present the best possible application. If you wanted to do this, or if you still want to do this and get into policing, oh, I, I, like, I wish I was in your situation uh, and I could have got in a little bit earlier, uh, you know, at a younger age. I mean, I still got in at 23, 24, but I wish I would have been what it is now because you, if you're a good person, you have all the requirements, obviously no criminal record and anything like that. I mean, that seemed completely obvious, but I'm hearing still rumors of people that still apply and get stunned when they can't get in because they have a criminal record. I don't understand that one. Uh, but if you if you meet all the requirements, man, like this is the time. This is what you want to do. This is this 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 is the time to start looking at the different agencies. And it's almost like you have your pick of the litter, so to speak. If you're a good applicant, you can put in. It's not like you have to be satisfied with just your local department or the provincial department or the RCMP or whatever it is. If you want to look at your options, you can look at your options. And you go, Ooh, you know, maybe I want to go Toronto Police. Maybe I want to go Montreal. Maybe HRP is right. Maybe Halifax Regional. The RNC, right? The Royal Newfoundland Constabulary. Maybe, maybe that's what you want to be going to. And all these agencies are all looking for people right now. So I, it, it's such an incredible time to be doing that. And like I said, I'm a little jealous about it. Because, like, you know, when I was going through, it was, you know, you had that one agency that you wanted to work for and you threw your application in. But in Ontario, for example, uh, if you did all of your testing, I can't remember what the test was called, but you had to do the physical testing and you had to do the pre-test. Then you could start applying for the different agencies. And you were just like hoping you were throwing darts at a board and be like, man, I can apply for three or four or five places and hoping that I get a spot. And then you can go off to OPC and, and do your thing, which is the Ontario Police College. But now it's totally different. You get to, you know, you get to go down the road, so to speak, and go to one of these um, the, the fairs, the career fairs, and you know, they go from desk to desk and they're going to be sitting there vying for you. It's, it's, a, it's completely a foreign idea for those of us that got in in the mid-2000s or even the 90s, for that example. The 90s were a hard time getting into policing. Like you had to be, you know, an all-star, basically, uh, to get into policing at that time. But that's, uh, but, you know, th th that's the first step right now is just getting you know, your foot in the door and just putting in the applications, putting together a good application. Now, the second thing people usually ask and say, like, well, what about uh, volunteering? Everybody talks about volunteering. Okay. Uh, when you're putting together a package, here's the deal. When you put together a CV or resume and you, you put in your community connections or whatever it might be, recruiters can see through the BS, okay? When you're looking at opportunities to volunteer in the community, the, the people that are looking at the applicants, they're not stupid. They can see when you put in on the list that you went to the soup kitchen or you went to the Salvation Army and you worked two shifts for six hours, maybe four hours. I've even seen examples of two hours uh, when people have been like, hey, can you look over my CV and my, my resume? And be like, oh, I went in at uh, Thanksgiving and I ended up, get uh, you know, serving meals or, you know, putting in new bedding inside the rooms. like, And that's it. Okay. If you think that that is what would make you a competitive 
candidate or applicant because you are a giver back to the world volunteer that's just that that does that doesn't cut it and you, in any way that does that you're just likely not the person that you're they're looking for anyways so what they want to see is your connection to your community that's what they want to see they want to see that you are either working with organizations for a period of time, usually something lengthy. So over a year, two years, whatever it might be. Uh, if you happen to be a student, for example, and you're moving to a new community to be able to uh, go to post-secondary, if you get involved with the community program there or something within your school uh, for if it be an extracurricular, uh, a club where you reach out to the community, whatever it might be, that is fantastic. Those are great ways because what they're looking for is the individuals that are not selfish. They are those that are actually looking out for the community. They're the O's that carry the personality trait of wanting to help others. That's what we're looking for. Uh, we're not the agencies are not looking for individuals that are just one and done because that is really quick and really easy to see when you actually get on the job that you are just that type. And yeah, people slip through the cracks and what have you. And I'm not sure, you know what. Maybe they had a stellar application at other ends, but you could definitely tell. But yeah, if you're looking for volunteer experience, actually get involved with an organization that you, A, think is doing some good for the community, whether you are uh, coaching in sports, whether you are tutoring in schools, whether you are volunteering your time with care groups uh, you know maybe you're driving meals hot meals to seniors whatever it might be those are excellent examples of people that are going out and helping their community and have a not a, are not selfish so those are ideas that that kind of answers that question when it comes to the volunteering and what looks good on there uh, next would be what types of employment what should i be getting into that can show uh, the recruiters that I have some life experience, especially employment experience, that obviously you're not going to be in policing, right, yet. So what what kind of job should I be working? Okay, so this one's easy. Work someplace for longer than a month. Ah, strike that. Work someplace for longer than six months. Yeah, six months pretty fair. That's what you got to do. Work in an establishment that is not shady, Work in an establishment that you have the opportunity to be able to deal and work with the public. That is very valuable because the recruiters can look at it and think, well, this person, the applicant, uh, knows how to talk to people. They know how to deal with conflict with individuals. Um, what I suggest is the service industry. The service industry is a great way to do it, whether that be hard services, soft services, whatever it might be. If you're going into sales, for example, sure. That would probably look good as well. Uh, if you're getting into the service industry in the sense of handling money, that's great too when you're doing that as good experience as well. And uh, yeah, just consistent employment is key. They want to see that as well too, which means if you're going to be switching around, so for example, kind of nomadic and you're moving from place to place, oh, there's probably one agency that probably really likes that particular type of personality. I could think of, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but if that is your type, it's, well, they can see you move to a new community and you got work. And then you are working. If you're in school, okay, 
Yes, schooling is tough. Post-secondary is tough. It takes up a lot of your time. But keeping some form of employment there looks really good on an application. You want to make sure that they see that you can multitask, right? Yes, you'd be multitasking in the sense that you're going from program to program and a course to course and, you know, seminar to seminar, lecture to lecture, and you're just standard post-secondary education. But if you throw in a little bit of challenge there and add in employment, well, that's even better, right? Even if it's a part-time job, that would look much better. And this is basically speaking to those individuals that are coming in at that early 20 age bracket like I did. Um, You're in post-secondary education. If you're going to get scooped up early, and I see a lot of young members out there today. I see a lot of people. I don't see, like in one of my troops, we had a 19-year-old. Not seeing that too much. Um, I would probably, you'd have to go to the numbers on that one. You'd have to go to the facilitators at depot and, and the staffing if it'd be the rcmp and and the municipal agencies i think and this is just i'm going to stereotype on this one and say that it just doesn't happen uh, just because the pool they're looking for people that are a little bit more mature right and when they say mature just be an age life experience is much better but that work experience is is really important. So like I said, service industry is fantastic. If you're getting into your particular field, so for example, um, if you're going through for post-secondary or if it's university, college, whatever it might be, and you're in a program where it's not completely related to in policing, but you still want to go that path, let's say you're specializing. Uh, this is in the sciences. This might be, you know, if you're going to be an engineer or a teacher or whatever it might be, but you still have that goal of becoming a police officer one day, use your education. They want to see that as well too, right? It's not like you're just going to go through and, you know, get, let's say, for example, I've heard of this one where they, the applicant became an engineer, right? They're leaving school, they get their degree and they're becoming engineers. Well, they just basically waste that education because they go off and they work non-engineering related jobs and they take non-engineering related in any way employment and they don't use the skills that they learned well as a recruiter i'd be looking at and going and i'm not but i would be uh, i'd be looking at and go like okay this guy did four years or five years to become an engineer you know they're wearing the ring and everything and, and doing their thing but they spent the last five years doing like you know they're working on let's say, for example, in a casino or they're, they're doing this or they're doing basic jobs, you know, not everybody can get a job in engineering right away. They definitely want to see that you're using your skills that you learned and put them into practice. Because again, this is something that we do within policing. You know, we don't just all become this automaton robot and then all of a sudden go out and just do traffic stops all day long. You're learning skills, you're going on courses and you're putting those skills to use. You're putting the skills into practice. That's a really important trait that they want to see. So that would be my suggestion. So in other words, if you're going to be doing post-secondary, which I highly suggest, while you're waiting for your opportunity to get into the particular agency that you wanted to apply for, use the skills that you've learned. The third most frequently asked questions that I get on a regular basis would be, hey, I'm applying for uh, the CBSA, I'm applying for the Toronto Police Service, I'm, a, uh, I'm applying for the Peterborough Police Agency, Lakefield Police Agency, I'm, I'm you know, the, any number of different police agencies. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and waiting and I'm in the application process I'm putting in, but I'm concerned that my physical fitness level 
will is just not there yet. Or usually the question is, is what should I be doing to be able to get into top shape, to be able to get into the agency and be prepared to be able to get into the agency and to prove to them that I'd be a good candidate uh, when it comes to physical fitness. Okay, I am not an expert when it comes to kinesiology. I am not a personal trainer. I am not in any way certified or <laughs> shouldn't necessarily uh, be trusted when it comes to providing any kind of advice uh, in regards to physical fitness. What I can give you is a common sense, real life experience uh, answer when it comes to how you should be prepared physically to go and take on this training. So first and foremost, start running. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, that's what everybody's saying. Like, oh, no, I should start running. And, oh, God, I hate running. God, I hate running. Okay, here's where I give you some advice when it comes to fitness on the job. There is no worse feeling, like, unless you really do not care. And if you are in the category of, I really do not care, about catching bad guys, and we call them bad guys, bad guys, bad people, whatever you want to call them. It's the best part of our job, like hands down, catching bad guys. If you really don't care about that, then like I don't even know what to do with you. But there is no worse feeling than somebody getting away in a foot pursuit. Hands down, nothing worse. I, it has happened to me a couple of times. And every single time I have gone back and I've been absolutely pissed. I, I can think, I can't even, I'm trying to think how many times in my life I have been that mad with myself. And I'm not mad at that person. Everybody's like, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're mad at that guy at such rage. I'm like, no, it's not rage. I'm pissed at myself because my training was not good enough to be able to go chase after that guy or that girl or whoever it is. Or that kid, you know, we've had several youths, like teenagers and that, that, man, they move fast and they get away from you. And running is absolutely paramount to being able to do this job. You cannot get away with doing this job for very long without running and being in shape. Are there morbidly obese police officers in agencies across Canada? Unequivocally, yes, there are. How they get along with it, I don't know. It's like they might as well go to the casino and start playing, you know, the slots and that because they must be the luckiest pe people ever that they haven't been called to, you know, particular files where they end up having to get into pursuits, you know, foot pursuits and chase half people. But it's, you know, it, it is the cornerstone of the initial fitness test of being a police officer. It just, it really is. So getting into that now and getting comfortable, like when I talk about getting comfortable, it's like, getting really comfortable with running. So that's a good place to start. You know, I get all these people ask me all these questions about this, but that is that is the first place to start. And that's all I can say. Um, I'm uh, guilty most of the time about strength training. I'm not amazing at strength training. And it's something that I'm trying to get better at. You know, I did the whole CrossFit thing. And I don't think I ever felt it worse in my life than the year and a half I did CrossFit. But maybe that's what it required is to feel you know, broken and beaten down all the time. But number one thing is just that running. And this is something I learned later on. I didn't actually start running 
other than my time at my training facility at that point, I didn't start running until, oh, geez. So it was it Prince George or about 2017? Yeah, probably about 2017, 2018. I didn't actually start running. And at that point, I'm already, ooh, was that nine years in? It was already nine years into the job. And a couple of foot pursuits lost. And I still remember that first uh, foot pursuit that I ended up losing. And uh, I was up in one of my isolated posts. And I remember the this this guy goes and it was just on Halloween. This guy comes out in a costume and he bangs on the detachment door. And my partner and I were sitting inside the detachment. We only got two guys working. And he goes off and he runs off. Well, he kind of damaged the door and what have you. So he's probably drunk. We're trying to figure out what the heck this guy's problem is. So I meet up with this guy over at the ATM in town. <laughs> Small town. There's only one ATM. So I ended up going over with the ATM in the vestibule of the bank there. And I catch on to this guy and he's got a full, you know, gargoyle kind of mask on. And he had a full kind of like scream ghoul gowned on and big heavy metal spiked gloves for like normal costume whatever that you would see and doesn't say anything to me and I'm standing there and like trying to figure out what the heck this guy's problem is or whatever and and I you know detain him at the time and all of a sudden he basically uh, takes his gloves and throws his gloves at me as kind of a distraction and let me tell you, it worked because he got out of the, the vestibule. He got out of the little glassed-in area. And uh, he starts running. And, and it's, you know, there's snow on the ground or whatever. No excuse on that one. So I start running. And I'm yelling at him that he's he's under arrest. And I start chasing after him. And uh, I got maybe, oh, conservatively 20 meters. And, yeah, probably about 20 meters. And I was gassed. Like, absolutely gassed. And it was probably the first time I've actually got into, like, a foot pursuit with somebody. And I was like, oh, my God, stop, stop. You're under arrest. Please stop, stop. And and this guy is just absolutely wheeling me. He's got a 40, 50, then he's up to, like, to the 80 to 100 meter, uh, you know, distance on me gain. I'm like, oh, my God. So my partner rolls up. This guy's got, like, 34 years on. And he pulls his PC up and he's and he kind of gives me the the yell. He's like, which way did he go? And I'm like, oh, he went for the bridge. And he comes around and he's like, why are you running? Because he can see I'm clearly absolutely gassed. He's like, at this point, go back and get your car. So he spins around and I'm, I'm not giving up. So I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep going, I'll eventually catch up to him. But at this point, you know, it's it's probably the worst worst workout I've ever had in my life because all the equipment and all the vest and and everything the radio and you know, all the gear and the big heavy jackets who was snowing out and all the rest of that and it was just it was not a good situation that's for sure and at that point I was like damn I should have trained more I should have you know been better I should have you know been working out more I should be taking care of myself because at that point I felt like I was gonna have a heart attack and I wasn't even necessarily that out of shape it's just I was not prepared to get into that foot chase and eventually the best part about it was is my partner drives around around over uh, another bridge and then in behind a community center or whatever and ends up catching up with the guy and and taking him into custody and I can see the whole thing as I'm walking up there because I'm just completely gassed and hyperventilating and I get there and, and I just I felt like a complete and utter tool because it was just like the worst, <laughs> the worst experience ever. I was so embarrassed 
that this guy got away and and he was like heavily intoxicated like he was super drunk and uh and i was like wow i just got worked over by uh this drunk guy on halloween or whatever it was and i would i just i was i was so disappointed in myself and uh yeah guess what i didn't do anything about it for you know whatever four or five years uh until i started running and i started being able to do that now that doesn't happen uh, now it, it, it doesn't happen at all. When somebody runs, actually, I, I pride myself in the fact that the people that I work with always say the same thing. They're like, get Thompson out there. He'll go run after him. So, you know, those stories aside, it's just a perfect example of you need to get comfortable with running. You have to get comfortable with putting a little bit of weight on when you run. Uh, do you have to go out and get those big bags, those heavy vests and whatever it might be, the weighted vest? Yeah, you can if you want to. You know, that's great training as well. Most gyms have them as well too, but get comfortable with it. Get a really good pair of shoes, get some good running gear. I know we've done episodes in the past with Ryan from the Sudbury Police Service. I know that, uh, you know, we've talked about that a bit when it comes to running and policing, but this on a tactical side, you need to be able to get into shape with running. You have to get comfortable with running. You're going to do it a lot and you need it. You know, it could be somebody's life one day that's depending on your running. You know, where is this person going? Do they have a weapon? Are they running to harm somebody else? Are they potentially going to go carjack a a vehicle? You know, who knows where they're running off to? You know, you're going to have to affect that arrest. So guess what? You can't always jump in a vehicle and and go after somebody. You're going to have to get out and, and, you know, use your feet, so to speak. So running is number one. When it comes to the whole fitness question, I would say running is number one. Diet and making sure that you have a good diet going into training is fantastic as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I would say when it comes to the fitness side was making sure that you take advantage of those two things, right? So that being said, I've answered a couple of questions tonight uh, in regards to what you should be doing, volunteering, working, uh, and then the fitness question as well too. But I'll say that For new recruits getting into law enforcement and police work and those that are putting in your applications, shop around. Look at the different agencies. See what fits you best. In Canada, the agencies for policing are are amazing. I can't say enough about all the agencies. It really comes down to geography and where you want to work and and what you want to do, right? If you want to be in Ontario and stay in Ontario... Uh, plenty of amazing regional and municipal policing agencies that you can apply for. All of them are absolutely fantastic. You should look at those options, you know, and also look at the provincial ones as well, too. Even with Quebec and Ontario, we look at the Sud de Quebec and, and you have the OPP as well, too, the Ontario Provincial Police. If that's where you like to be a little more nomadic in the sense you can move around a little bit and you want to do that, that's great. Go, go look at them and see what they have to offer. When you're looking at the RCMP, now I have to say that I'm not a recruiter for the RCMP. Uh, Would love to be a recruiter for the RCMP, but when it comes to the RCMP, the agency would be looking for individuals that, number one, are willing to go anywhere in Canada. That is the number one thing. So that means you got to have that nomadic gene, right? It just has to be embedded in you. Uh, The possibility that you're going to be moving around a little bit, right? First and foremost, you, be, you sign on the dotted line and say you're willing to go anywhere in Canada. That's just, it is what it is. You have to get past it. If you're interested in working for the RCMP, which is a fantastic organization, you have to get past that one thing. If you can look past that and look past that particular challenge, the doors completely open up. 
the ability to be able to move and work in different work environments. Let's say, for example, geographically is fantastic. Uh, if you're working in different units, that's, you know, the possibilities are out there as well, too. You might just have to make some sacrifices and put in a ton of hard work and the possibilities are endless. They really are. Uh, where you might not have the opportunity to work in units or specialized uh, sections for many, many, many years with municipal agencies. Uh, the RCMP opens its doors to, you know, individuals that have two-year service. You know, I've seen it happen. You know, when I got in, I ended up going to a specialized unit right away. You know, it's not, it's rare, but it's not impossible. And if you put in the good work and you hustle and work hard and, and, get along with the people that you work with, the possibilities are endless. But the number one thing is making sure that you find the agency that you want to work for, you start working into the application process, get to know the recruiters, and ask them lots of questions, what they think would be the best employment, what they think would be the best volunteer work that they're looking for, and they'll tell you what they're looking for. Best way to do it. So that's my shtick today for the most common and frequent questions that I get in regards to applicants getting into law enforcement. I hope it's been helpful. I hope I've been able to clear up a few things for everybody uh, when it comes to the questions I've received about getting into law enforcement and putting in your packages, so on and so forth. I wish you all the best of luck, those getting into the agencies and applying right now. Like I said at the very beginning, this is the time to be able to get into law enforcement. I wish that when I got in, or I should say got out of high school and into post-secondary, that the hiring, the spree that's going on right now across the country was the way it is, or the way it was. But uh, right now is the time to do it. So if you're interested in policing, this is, like I said, the very best time. Uh, but in the future, we'll be putting out some more episodes with some content relating to law enforcement work. We'll be putting out some more stuff from first responders. I'm hoping to have a few people on in regards to uh, paramedic work, as well as fire to be able to get in, you know, those questions uh, that are related to those, because I still get those as well, too. So everybody, I hope you all stay safe out there. Make sure you check out past episodes of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, check them out and check out the website www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com to be able to get some more resources and find out a little bit more about us and what we do with the podcast. All right, everybody, we'll see you soon. Take care.